You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. My favorite Seinfeld, well, one of my favorites, Rochelle Rochelle. And today's guest, <laughs> is that terrible, Rochelle? Do you get that all the time? You're like, oh, shut up, Alicia. No, you know what? You're the first person who's ever done that Seinfeld line to me. And I love Seinfeld. Stop it. But yeah, you're the first, which is now I'm probably going to get it all the time. So thank you. <laughs> well, I can, uh, I can happily, if, okay, look, if you don't know what I'm talking about, here's a little, here's a little reminder. Come on, we can still catch most of Rochelle, Rochelle. Rochelle, Rochelle, huh? A young girl's strange erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. Rochelle, Rochelle. It's a foreign movie. A film is what it is, actually. Rochelle, Rochelle. Oh, Rochelle, Rochelle. A young girl's strange erotic journey from Milan to Minsk? Yeah. (laughs) Someone stole Rochelle, Rochelle? Well, you left the window open. We had to air out the car. Rochelle, Rochelle. George. Oh. Hey, the improv's playing Rochelle, Rochelle, the musical. See, I think, Rochelle, there is always a, uh, a wonderful Seinfeld moment at any stage in life. I feel like I can relate something back to Seinfeld. Yes. I mean, it is a show about nothing. So there really is, at some point in life, you could relate anything to it. Sometimes you receive emails, you get contacts from people, and you just get a good feeling. And today's guest, well, I got that good feeling because she, well, I was going to say she practices what I preach. Well, that's that's exactly what you do, Rochelle Lopez. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Alicia. Thanks so much for having me on here. I didn't want to do a big intro, even though you have a very huge resume of lovely things that I know my listeners are going to go, yes, 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 yes. I like to let you you, you intro yourself. Tell me, how did you hear about me and why did you contact me? Wonderful. Well, you know, I have been doing weddings officially since 2002, picking up it as a side business for, I don't know, past decade or so. And brides are always, you know, they come and they work with me and we start talking about things and Sometimes I just need help myself, and I was looking for podcasts when podcasts started coming up, and your Save the Date one was one of the first ones I found. Um, and then I listened to your first episode, and the fact that you're a comedian just cracked me up, and I thought, oh my God, this girl is hilarious. And I would listen to you every now and then. I would refer brides to you every now and then when you just needed put a little laugh in the whole entire wedding planning <laughs> ordeal because it can sometimes be a really big ordeal for some people. And I love how you have these quick and savvy tips. Your DIY stories crack me up, um, you know, because it sounded very successful and it doesn't always happen that way. Um, so that's definitely why I started following you. And then when I reached out was I have been doing weddings and just coordinating and planning for the past couple of years. And I recently picked up a coaching certification and I'm adding this spin into my business and, and changing the direction it goes to more focus on the relationship of a couple versus let's plan and get you to the big day. Then I never see you again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, okay, what better way to put it out there versus someone who's you know, who knows what that experience is about. I know you have that other podcast that you do with your hubby. So it's like, you know what? She gets it. She gets that it's not just about the big day and the wedding planning. She gets that 
your wedding day is, is really your first day to your marriage and every, right. And everything else after, sorry. Please. Oh my goodness. It's probably a client calling. Oh, well it's actually pulled. It's unplugged. So I don't know how it's ringing. (gasps) Maybe it's like, maybe it's a, maybe it really is a client going, I need to speak with you now. That is the crazy part. It's unplugged, which is really scary. (laughs) It's the ghost phone. Everyone, yeah. hold on to something. Something weird's oh happening. God, how embarrassing. Oh, shush. Sorry. We've, you're very popular. And this is why. Yeah. And look, your business is called Wedding Alchemy. Tell me about the yeah. title. I love it. It's, yes. Yeah, it's so, great. Wedding Alchemy is all about, well, it takes wedding planning, right? And it adds this whole entire component about life transition coaching, not just life coaching, but the transition part. So you went, for me, when you mix that together, like an alchemy where you're taking a piece of metal and you're turning it into gold, Mm. that's what your wedding alchemy is doing. We're taking your wedding planning, but we're taking this life coaching part and together we're creating gold for you and your marriage. Um, It's so much bigger than just your everyday wedding planning uh, because you know, like I said, I was the girl growing up and I don't know if you're like this or any of your listeners are growing up this. I grew up on Disney movies. I grew up on romantic comedies and sometimes I'd get super into them. I mean, I love romance novels. And at the end, it, especially when it's a really good time, like, oh my God, what happens next? Like you wait and you wish that there was a part two. Yeah. And the reality of it is, is that sometimes that happily ever after isn't so happy, right? Yeah, and I and, think, and we do have to. Sorry to interrupt. I think no. this is such a great point you make about the happily ever after because, as you said, I'm a comedian, I'm a writer, and one of the things I've always wanted to write is this idea of the of the next stage in you know the romantic comedy is this idea that it is it isn't necessarily always easy and I think we've been lulled into this full sense of and I'm not being doom and gloom here but we have been lulled into this full sense you go and you get together and you kiss and then you disappear and that's the end but you go no what about all the shit that happens when you get married that sometimes can be really hardcore and when you expect somehow the wedding is this magical gift that will make everything amazing right and and sometimes when I, what I've seen happen, you know, I sit and I do these consults with clients and you can feel the tension and you know, it's not just about the wedding. You know that it's something deeper, but they, as a couple will think, well, it's just the stress of the wedding. Mm. And, and really it's not, sometimes it's a lot deeper than that. And that's why for me, I love that whole entire transition piece because there have been so many times my own life the lives of my couples that I've seen wed where you find yourself repeating patterns, right? And you're repeating patterns that aren't necessarily healthy, but you think, well, if I get a new job or if I date someone else, or if I move to a different place, all those old problems will disappear. Well, the reality is that's not true. It's, (laughs) it's you, it's within you. Right. And having to be able to deal with those transitions in a very healthy way is all about what I do. You know, it's, it's preparing you. It's like, it's not counseling, so to speak, because I'm not really trying to look into your past and dig up your past. I'm all about the present and moving forward, but it's okay. Let's not repeat old patterns here. Let's focus on transitioning in a very healthy way 
and so that you get to be the person you want to be without repeating the mistakes that you might have made in the past. Let's talk a little bit about the idea of, I mean, I love that you have both skills. You've got the counseling, you've got the wedding planning, and I feel like that is such a golden uh, duo that you bring to your experiences and and bring to your couples and solo uh, people that come and see you and seek your lovely company. It It must be great to have that background as well because I think a lot of wedding planners and um, wedding plans that I've spoken to also feel like counsellors, but you've actually got the qualifications now as well. So is that something that you always input into your coordination and wedding planning skills? You know, and it's not something I do intentionally, but I feel like a lot of that becomes so ingrained as to, well, who I am, mm-hmm. where I'm constantly doing the check-in, right? And I don't know... Not everybody does a check-in with their clients where I'm constantly, how are you doing? <laughs> what are you feeling right now? And I do it subconsciously because it's just such a part of who I am. But it's, you know, you when you can see someone, a lot of people can default and they say, oh, I'm fine, mm-hmm. right? How many times? How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. When you know they don't look fine, their body language doesn't say that they're fine. Um, and you just take all of that into account. And I think having the counseling background has really helped me be able to pick up on that one. And then two, it's being able to use those skills that I've learned, you know, repeating things, asking people how they're feeling, really getting into that part of who they are as an individual um, and not taking them at face value with the words that they're saying. We do that so much I think a lot of us drift through the day when, as you said, and this doesn't even have to be connected to weddings, but I think it's this idea that you do get a vibe and you meet people and they're like, yeah, you know, I think we get so used to going, how are you? And people instantly go, I'm good, thanks. And that's just like a, you know, it's a reflex that we just, you're not going to sit down and go, well, actually I had a really bad morning, you know, because that's just not. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. You do it all the time. And, you know, sometimes you think, what if I really told them how I'm feeling right now? look at you with surprise and the deer in the headlights look and think, oh my God, I don't know how to answer that. That wasn't what I was prepared to hear. (laughs) I don't want to know all this. (laughs) (laughs) The Brits have this thing that I always laugh at. Um, they, I'm going to, it's just a strange thing. You know, Australia, Australians most cliched thing would be going, g'day. Not that we really ever say that. Well, I, I wouldn't probably say that to people. Um, but the idea they will, if you walk into a room, they go, you're right. And uh, my response is to go, yes, I am. Thank you so much for asking. And they always look at me like, are you fucking crazy? What do you, I don't want a response. You just nod or something. I'm just saying it to say it. Yeah, don't respond right. back to me. It's not a question. Just move on. But I still struggle. And I've, this is my third year living in the UK. But I want to say, well, thank you so much for asking. I am doing really well. Or no, it's not great. But it's just this silly little thing that they say and they don't want a response. Right. They're just, and that's just like here in the States where people say, oh, you know, hi, how are you? Or how are you doing today? And then they walk by and they're walking away from you before you even give them the response. Right. And then all you see is their back as you know. So. <laughs> so, okay, then we'll catch up soon. Bye. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. So do you think thinking about this, because I, I actually think the checking in, uh, 
statement you just made. It's something we really need to bring home to lovely bride chillers and groom chillers out there because so often when we're in a state of, for some, I don't want to get dramatic and say crisis, but some people really go into sort of hibernation crazy crisis mode when they're stressed and they're not feeling like they're in control. Checking in with each other, even if it's just talking to your partner, that's got to be a beneficial thing, hasn't it? Oh, a hundred percent. It's one of the many things that when I'm working with clients, there's a couple things that I always like to make sure that they kind of add into their calendar. And one of those is checking in with each other. Mm. Um, because especially if you, and this happens where you have a groom that actually likes to be involved, which is amazing. Um, but they can have a difference of opinion, right? And they might not be happy with what's going. And then the bride gets stressed and Tempers can flare pretty quickly, I think, when it comes to wedding planning, because you mm. see a vision, you want something a certain way, and maybe you find out you can't afford to have it that way, or it doesn't work out that the person you want isn't available. A lot of things can happen. And I think as a couple, as you're going through this together, who's the person you're going to pick a fight with the most, right? Because it's an easy target. It's yes. your partner. Yes, yeah. And because you know they're going to take it. They're they're there. You're planning a wedding together. They're not going to leave. So they're going to take it. And it's so easy to just take that frustration and stress out on them. And even if it's the overwhelm. Um, so I always like to say, you know, take some time where you're really sitting and checking in with each other. And that I think for some men can be really difficult and uncomfortable to do because you know, they don't like to talk about their feelings and, and that's okay. That can happen. Mm. But if anything, it's a way to just sit and listen to each other um, that they're not doing when they're so caught up in the moment. And I, I think that's super important. And I love that you're saying let's schedule some time because I actually think, and I'm a great believer in, you know, scheduling exercise time and making sure that you actually make these things happen. Cause it's really easy to avoid things. If you are going, Oh, this is going to be challenging. Oh, this is going to be a bit annoying. And, you know, I think you've got to maybe if you are that busy and as unromantic as it might sound is to go, let's schedule some time where we're not talking about a wedding and we're just going to watch something and have a conversation about each other and eat a meal. Maybe that's, if you have to do it, maybe that's the solution. Right. And that is exactly one of the other, how funny. It's one of the other things I always tell my couples to do is you need to schedule in time where your where wedding talk is off the table. Right? Yeah. You are together as a couple, but you are not talking about wedding appointments and interview vendor interviews, you are sitting there and you are just being together where it's not about the wedding. It's about each other. You know, maybe you're talking about work or maybe you're just talking about the news or politics or whatever. You're dialoguing with each other in a way where the focus is on one another and not anything else that's happening that's wedding related. And I think that's super important for them. And I think actually what you're saying about the idea of thinking about and preparing, I suppose, more importantly for life after the wedding, because we sort of see this as big, great beacon of this celebration. And then, like we said at the top of the podcast, sometimes we use it as a bit of a band-aid to think about avoiding issues that we might need to work on together. Because I think good relationships 100% of the time need work. You can't just, they can't just be amazing on their own. Oh, I 100% agree. If I can put a quick story in, which I think it's so funny. It's um, I was working with a couple and 
after they were married and the bride had told me or the wife now, she said, you know, I never knew this bothered my husband until after we were married and we were living together for, I don't know, three, five years before they actually decided to marry one another. And it was something as simple as when she was peeling the skin off the carrots, she would put the peel into the sink. And apparently all those years it bothered him, but because they weren't married, he never said anything. But after they got married, all of a sudden it was an issue. Right? And it, and she was like, where did this come from? We've been together for how long? And it, it was, there were fights and explosions. I mean, she said it was a really big thing and she was so confused. And so she would fight back saying, this never bothered you before. Why is it bothering you now? And he would say, it's always bothered me. And, and I think that's just one of those important things that, you know, communication is so important and I can never... I never feel like I can say that enough to my clients is just that you need to really sit and talk to one another for even the littlest things that you think might be silly. But if it gets under your skin, you got to say it when it's there because it's just going to obviously build up within you and it'll come out some other way. And granted, it took until after they were married for it to come out for this guy, but it came out, right? That You can never hide that stuff for long. Yeah, and I feel like a hundred little things, not even a hundred, 10, 20 little onions in the sink. If that builds up to the point and 20 years later, they're going to fucking want to kill each other and go, oh listen, I don't want to be married to you anymore with your onions in the sink. Get out of my life. Right. <laughs> right. And it's something as easy. I mean, honestly, like seriously, couldn't they have not talked about that when that first started <laughs> happening? Right. How hard would that have been for that habit to change five years ago? versus, you know, waiting. And yeah, it could be worse. What if it was someone who was married 20, 30 years and it's these little things that are bothering them and they don't talk about it because they might not know how to handle that conversation because they might not be used to be talking about their feelings and they don't feel that they have the proper tools to be able to do that with one another. Well, look, here is your homework over this very short break. Now, I want you to listen to the break because supporting my sponsors is very important because it keeps me with food. But your very special homework to do over the next minute or two is to think about one thing that you perhaps should have a conversation with with your partner today. Maybe they leave onions in the sink. I don't know what it is, but you need to think about something that maybe shits you or you shit them and maybe figure out a way to work that out. What do you think, Rochelle? I think that is the perfect homework for them to go do. All right, go and do it and then pop back right after this. This is, of course, the Bride Chiller podcast. I mean, duh, what are you doing? Listening to it. I hope you're enjoying it. If you're new to the show, welcome. There are over 200 and I don't know, something episodes. I should know the amount by now. Once you hit 200, you're like, it's just 200 plus. Really covering everything from mother-in-law's to weaves. I haven't done a specific episode about weaves, but that could be coming soon. <laughs> my lovely my lovely guest today is Rochelle Lopez and she is the wedding alchemist. She is a counselor, she is a wedding planner and coordinator and she is a top top lady. Rochelle, it's really I've really been enjoying speaking with you so far and I wanted to come back to something you said at the top of the interview and that was the word ordeal. You used it a few times and I thought it was a really good way to sum up how some 
brides. I wasn't. I was going to call them bride chillers, but at that stage they would not be bride chillers. And couples really feel about their wedding, and that makes me sad. Right. I think for a lot of people, they can get so caught up in either the idea of what they wanted their wedding to be when they were little Mm. or teenagers or women, young women, and they first started thinking that having a wedding was a plan for them, that they get lost in the moment and they lose sight of the big picture of what a wedding is supposed to signify. Um, and, and then it ends up really becoming an ordeal, an ordeal for them because they're trying to live up to this dream that they had and the mm-hmm. ordeal for their spouse to be because the poor guy or girl has to go along with them for the entire ride. Um, their parents, their family members, their friends, their coworkers, it, at that point it becomes an ordeal um, because it's just not fun anymore. They're so stressed out trying to live the dream have the dream wedding and they forget that the whole entire point of a wedding and planning a wedding and celebrating a wedding is about the marriage of two people coming together out of love who want to build a life together. It's really, it's really important. And I love that you have reiterated this throughout our interview, but I think it is really important to keep going back to the reason. And I talk about this all the time on the podcast that we we get stressed about really silly things when ultimately, and this is a bit meta, I suppose, but ultimately the whole, the whole point of the day is to enjoy it and is to, you know, celebrate this union. It's not to worry about napkins and bloody right. if your best friend's wearing the wrong color dress or something. I mean, who cares? Right. Or, you know, are the candles positioned the correct way on that table? Who cares? Oh right? The minute people oh. are gonna sit down, they're gonna start moving the candles anyways. Who cares? Like it it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, as pretty as those details are, as hard as you worked for DIYing it and saving money to pay for this or asking people to help you pay for things, all of those little details, it doesn't matter. I mean, the point of everyone coming together is to celebrate you and your partner. That's the only reason why they're really there. You could have it as a backyard party and have your favorite foods like a picnic style And it's still people coming together to celebrate you two. And I think for a lot of people, they get so caught up in that, in this no, no, no. And, and I know you've mentioned this in other podcasts before. It's like they get up, you know, caught up trying to see what they watch on TV and copy what they see on TV or Pinterest or, you know, whatever else is out there in the world, which there's so many things that are accessible now than ever before. They forget they can easily forget that, no, this is about celebrating our love of two people coming together. And sometimes, unfortunately, people really need to be reminded of this because they can easily lose track of that. I think so many people, I work in television, you know, at the most vacuous industry on the planet, probably besides fashion. And uh, it's really interesting to think about production management and people coming in and making things into a show and sometimes I sit at work in my day job and think about how what I do in my day job as a producer and coming up with ideas and managing and casting and finding people and I sort of think about how that compares to the wedding industry Mm -hmm. and how closely connected they actually are on so many levels with 
expectations and then people not fulfilling the expectations and then people being duds and then people overspending. It's all really connected. And, you know, I think what actually works in entertainment is when things are natural and when people have a good time and they're not over trying too hard and it's not a show, it's a wedding. And yeah, I, I, I was just sitting at my desk today thinking that exact thing. So yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. My favorite weddings are the ones that I've done where the details, they're there, of course, everything looks gorgeous. But when you see the bride and the groom or the brides and brides, because, you know, or grooms and grooms or however it is, you see them having so much fun together. Like they're just genuinely having such a good time. And that feeling, that emotion, it carries over to everybody, to everybody Hells that's yes. there. You know, and it really, and that are the best weddings I have ever attended as a guest or worked as a wedding coordinator. Those are the best ones because it's about the people and that's what a wedding's supposed to be. It's supposed to be about the people. Yes, you said it and it's so right. I'm thinking back through my little Rolodex brain about the weddings that I have attended and they weren't the ones that I had the best time they weren't necessarily the flashiest, you know, la-di-da weddings from aesthetically, but they were the ones with heart and the ones that we really kicked off our shoes and we danced and we could just tell they were in love and they were having a great time. And that's what you want. I mean, ultimately, that's what I remember about our wedding was that I didn't wear any shoes after one point. And I remember looking over and watching my dad and my stepmother dancing and going, oh, my God, I wasn't expecting them. And they were up there from the first song to the time that the bus left. And it was joy. It was, yeah, it was great. Right. And and you you said it right there. It's the weddings that have heart, right? Because Mm. you hope that every wedding will have heart. But, you know, unfortunately, the reality is sometimes it always doesn't come out that way. Sometimes it's you know, you can tell that they're worried about either impressing people or really, like you said, making it a production when it really should be about the heart. So let's talk a little bit about how we inject the heart. And I'm not saying that we, you know, making it, it's not a facade, but how do people focus on that very thing, connecting, getting that forward? You know, like I was, I was trying to, I don't know if I read it, I didn't say it very well, but the idea about not creating a show or a production, actually creating something that's genuine and having this real moment with your partner, but also the people that are there. How, how do we go about cutting all the bullshit and actually making this something that will work and connect? For me, one of the things I love is when it's personal, when you can tell that the couple, I mean, you know, putting things together. So guess and joy. I like when things have a meaning, right? And that's where I feel like the heart comes into play. It's like you can, you know, you can have all of the party favors and the videos, but when things are personal for people so that everyone in the audience gets it, that's what brings it in. I've seen couples where I, they're, they do the video montage and it's photos of only just the two of them and no one else. And half the <laughs> guests are like, they're talking to each other or they're watching and they're kind of like, well, what's the, like bored? Because oh my God. They're yeah. not connecting, right? And, and the point of the video montage is, is to allow people to connect. And yes, we do want to see how your relationship blossomed and grew, but hey, let's bring in some people that are sitting in the audience that are there as your guests. Let's put some of those in the, you know, in that video as well. 
So the, are you talking about, let me just, because look, sometimes my Australian brain goes, what? So this is when, when are these video montages playing? Talk me through that. Oh, oh, is that not a thing in us? In us? Oh, oh. Look, I don't know what's a thing. I mean, I listen to me go, I don't know what's a thing. <laughs> I only has the podcast. But I love picking up with uh, on different cultures, different traditions, different things. Tell me about the video montage. People at home are probably going, oh, Alicia, you're a nitwit. <laughs> no, of course. it's okay. So video montage is definitely something that here in the States, I know a lot of the couples do. Um, I think maybe now that you're saying it, it makes me wonder if it's more among the Asian culture that I've seen. I do a lot of, I'm yeah. Filipino, so I happen to do a lot of Filipino weddings um, at the same time. So that seems to be normal, which is funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what it is, a video montage is that, you know, the couple will put together clips of, usually it'll start with the bride growing up and it's like baby photos and childhood photos and teenage photos. And, and then the groom will do the exact same thing. And, and then oftentimes they might combine it with like photos of friends. And then from there they'll have photos of, of the two of them, um, how they first met them dating places. They've gone together, that sort of thing. And there have been times where the, the videos I've seen have been just about the couple and, yeah. you know, they don't include really anyone else. Now, it's like the they other, come from planet couple yeah, with no other people. Yeah. But on the other hand, I had, you know, done a wedding where the couple, it was adorable and everyone loved it, where they created a video where it was how they had met. But they they did it um, like a little routine and sketch and it was like a little comedy video. So it was this little two minute video and it had the entire place, you know, laughing rolling in laughter because the video was so funny. Um, and so there are ways to make, you know, these video montages enjoyable, but there are also ways that it can disconnect your guests from the weddings. And, and for, for dummy here, when would they be playing the video montage? Is it during the reception? Yes. yes. During the reception, right. depending, you know, on the couple and when they usually want to do that, oftentimes it would be after your dinner is served. Um, you know, before the dancing happens. So yeah, during the reception though. Fascinating. Now I want to, now I want to know more. I'm going to go and Google Rochelle. I want to know more about the Asian video weddings and How funny what they do. I've never heard of them before. I mean, I've, I've thought about, I, I thought that people might put a little uh, photo thing on the, in the background. That's what, obviously not a professional term here. Photo thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think it I'd never thought about that. Amazing. I learn every day, yeah. Rochelle, and I learn from experts like you. Well, thank you. Glad I could teach you something new or talk to you about something new. Oh, my gosh. I, look, so many things, and it's always good because I, someone said to me the other day, Shirley, you've got enough things to talk about now. Maybe you've been – I don't know why. They didn't talk like that at all, but it was like, <laughs> listen, I will end this thing when I run out of things to say and the or wedding learn about. Industry, it's constantly evolving i mean because of things like pinterest and etsy there are ideas that are popping up every day that i never would have ever heard about because it's not something i'm you know you're used to hearing or seeing um and so yeah your your podcast would go on for years to come because the ideas will never end really they won't no as long as people still keep getting married right 
Hopefully I'll still be making podcasts. <laughs> right. Now, look, I, there's so many other things I'd like to talk with you about, but I really want to have a, finish off by talking about what you are offering and what you do because I think people, I know my bride chillers and groom chillers will have will find you an amazing resource and will have a great way to connect with you. So tell everyone, share involve us in, in what, what you do. <laughs> Thank you. Well, actually I have, and I just put up a website together um, before everything I used to do was referrals and word of mouth and do a couple weddings a year. And now I'm, I'm getting in there all the way because I'm adding this coaching aspect of it that I love so, so much. I'm very passionate about that part. So they can actually all find me at Wedding Alchemist, um, Alchemist being a-L-C-H-E-M-I-S-T, but I'm sure you'll Good. hopefully have that link down there somewhere. Yes, um, the link will be there. Perfect. Definitely. Thank you. So weddingalchemist.com. And what I have for everybody, if they want to sign up to get my newsletter where I give out tips and, you know, not just about wedding planning, but also about, you know, life transition, life coaching, focusing on you as an individual, um, you can sign up and I have a three-part jumpstart wedding kit. And what it includes is, you know, what you really need to do to jumpstart your wedding planning because sometimes you get engaged and then you think, oh my God, what do I do next? Like, full on. what happens yeah. now? <laughs> right? So it's a real quick checklist for you how to get started. I also have a wedding budget spreadsheet that you can use to help you keep track of your finances as you start interviewing different people because there are your wedding expectations of how much you think things cost and then there is a reality of how much things really cost. Um, yes and that's a big one I think so many of us get caught in that and go what how much you what how much are you charging oh that's all my money it's gone right. it's all gone and Oh, those flowers I really love because it's not in season cost how much more? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Am I buying a florist farm? What's going on? Is that a flower farm? Or am I just getting some flowers? Right. Which, you know, let's not get any surprises there. So definitely keeping track of your budget. It's all, you know, you just fill in the information on an Excel spreadsheet and that's one of the gifts. And then the third one is just a wedding timeline for you. Things that you should kind of stick to, keep track of if you're going to do them. You know, I'm, I'm with you. I, I really tend to be the, the simple, I like things simple, straightforward, nothing overly complicated. Um, that's how I, I like to run things. So I like things laid out in front of me so I can see them. And I like checking things off, right? Marking them off, did that, done that. So there's a wedding checklist in there. So for any of your listeners, anyone out there, just sign up for that on my website and you'll start getting those. They'll come out in like three different emails and, um, you know, that'll be good to go. Great resources and wonderful information. And I've had such a lovely time sharing uh, this podcast with you, Rochelle. And I feel like th there's lots more to speak with you about. So I'd love to have you back on the show again soon. Oh, I would love to. I had such a great time chatting with you. And I'm just going to go and Google a lot of Asian wedding videos. <laughs> I know. Oh, my <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. 
Please do. <laughs> oh, it makes me so happy. No, I love, because you know, can I just say finally, I keep saying finally, stop <laughs> saying finally, um, that my obsession with Asian weddings, and when we say Asian, I know people in the UK will be thinking, I'm talking about uh, Southeast Asian weddings, yeah. not necessarily Indian. And, you know, because like, we get all, if I say Asian here, people just get confused. But is that I love that a lot of, you know, people who are getting married in Western countries, they take a little bit of the Western culture and take a lot of the Asian culture and mix it all up. And they just have the coolest weddings. Right. And I guess I should, I should put out there. It's, it's, I guess it would be more Asian American if anything, it's not, you know, cause maybe if I really went to the Philippines or China or Japan, they might not do this at all. So <laughs> let's just put it out there. I'm saying Asian American, <laughs> not to confuse Look, anybody. <laughs> If anyone's confused, just email us. It's right. not a problem. I'm right. as white as white can be. Right. I have no idea, really. Right. I just so things come out of my mouth, and if people get offended, it's not that you know. Fuck, who cares? But you know, I think the thing is, I love all the mixtures of the cultures, and I think you know, if you've got a, a backgrounds, you've got amazing, you know, uh, cultures that you can include in your wedding. Bloody do it, right? Gosh, agreed. That's I, and that's what makes it more nice. fun, right? Because you're totally in different things that, you know, that might shock all of your guests, but they might love it because it's something they've never done before. They will totally love it. I think, you know, and I always just say, if it's something that they might find quote unquote weird or don't understand, put a little card in to tell them what's going on. Yeah, I think people just appreciate it. Oh my God. This has made meaning. Yes, completely. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to, I mean, it's challenge people. But don't on purpose confuse them. Make them enjoy what's happening. Right. Don't let them leave their scratching their head going, where, where did we just go? <laughs> what just Why am I not wearing shoes? What's going on? Right. <laughs> All right. Well, look, it's been such a delight. Uh, uh, Rochelle is weddingalchemist.com. You will find all the information in today's show notes if you head to thebridechiller.com. It's on the front page and uh, all of the clickable links will be there. So if you're feeling particularly lazy, you can do it that way. Also, uh, check out, you've got all your social media accounts. Should we follow you on things? Yes, um, starting to. But yeah, it's good to stay in thing. And for Instagram, it's at Wedding Alchemist. Um, and then Facebook, it's under Rochelle Lopez is what it is. Fabulous. Okay. Fabulous. Well, I will link to both of those accounts. And uh, I really look forward to having you back on the show again, Rochelle. Thanks. Rochelle, Rochelle. <laughs> there you go. That was my best bed midler. I have enjoyed it. Thanks, Alicia. <laughs> Thank you. Happy days, my people. Bye.